Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. In the Old Testament, the blood of the sacrifice was poured out on the altar to atone for the sins of the people. This blood, of course, was a precursor of the real blood to be poured out for the sins of mankind, the blood of Jesus Christ. But in the Old Testament, there was another need for the blood, and that was it was to also be sprinkled upon the cover of the Ark of the Testimony in the Holy of Holies, in the deepest part of the tabernacle. And what was crucial here was not the matter of sins, but the glory of God. The blood sprinkled on the very spot where God met and spoke with man is our focus on today's life study of the Bible with Witness Lee. Bob Danker is here. Uh, Bob, we've got, I think, a marvelous portion before us. I really pray the Lord would honor our our effort and our speaking to try to make these things so clear because they're really wonderful, aren't they? They certainly are, Chris. Bob, in this series of programs dealing with the tabernacle and the ark, we are making the point that far beyond just becoming aware of the doctrines represented by these wonderful types, we're much more interested in how a vision of what these types represent can help us experience Christ to a greater degree. And so to that end, we often make this correlation between the physical structure of the tabernacle and the parts of man. And as he was giving these messages, Witness Lee made use of a chart, a graph, and it was quite large. I remember it being on the stage um, that, that showed this correlation graphically. But, of course, on the radio, that chart's not going to help us. So maybe uh, it would be good as an introduction if you could just kind of give us a simple uh, mental picture of what this correlation is. Yes, Chris. Actually, the tabernacle in the Old Testament constructed by Moses and the children of Israel was a kind of a tent. And around this tabernacle, there was a court, which was called the outer court. It was quite a large area. And in the front of the entrance to the tabernacle, uh, we had the altar on which the uh, sacrifices and the offerings were slain and were burned to God and to meet various requirements. And we have the laver, a big basin of water where the priests were to wash, uh, representing the cleansing power of the Holy Spirit as the water of life. Mm. And then we had the tabernacle itself, uh, which was divided into two rooms, one called the holy place. In the holy place, there was a table on which loaves of bread were displayed. And there was a lampstand shining to provide light in the holy place. And also, right next to the separating veil between the holy place and the holy of holies, there was a another altar, but it was not for offering. It was for burning incense. It represents uh, the experience of Christ as our incense in our prayer to God. Then, in the holiest of all, 
which is the deepest part of the tabernacle. What you have there is the ark, mm. and that's the subject of what we're going to talk about today, the ark. The ark, it was called the ark of the testimony. Well, all these aspects of the tabernacle represent what Christ is to us for our experience. Uh, in the altar, we know him as the Redeemer. In the holy place, we know him as the bread of life and the light of life right. and the incense that makes our prayer acceptable to God. In the holiest of all, we know him as the ark, the one who is God's testimony expressing God. Also, you mentioned the parts of man. You see, the tabernacle has three main areas, the outer court, the holy place, and the holy of holies. These three areas represent the three parts of our human being as it was created by God. The outer court represents our physical body. The holy place represents our soul, which is within our body, and the holiest of all represents our spirit, which is the deepest part of our human being. So here we have a wonderful illustration how man is three parts and how we can experience Christ in many, many ways through all the furnishings that were included with his tabernacle. And of those items of furniture, the most uh, important to us today and in this series of programs that we're currently in the midst of, of course, is this ark within the holiest place. And that relates to our human spirit. And what is common between the two, as we'll hear in this first portion, that is where God dwells, both in the Old Testament time and within us, the New Testament reality of this tabernacle. All right, let's join Witness Lee. I just put in a brief way, to remind you where the ark is. That the ark of the testimony is in the inmost part of the tabernacle. Now, this ark of testimony is just Christ. And where Christ is today, you have to say, no doubt, the Lord be with your spirit. Christ is now as the resurrected one and as the indwelling spirit is right inside of our spirit. This is Christ in our spirit. I would ask you, do you know the Christ who is in your spirit? Do you know? What can Christ see? Who is in your spirit? If you are going to know this, you have to see the ark. We all know the ark is a kind of a box in the shape of a stand. The word stand in the Bible implies very much a testimony. Christ is an ark implying that he is God's testimony. Amen. He stands here. He stands not only in your spirit. He stands in the whole universe.
Well, Bob, as a follow-on to the good introduction that you gave us with this uh, picture of the ark, I'd like to just mention this verse that's quite familiar to many of us and those who've been listening to this uh, life study program. I will have heard this verse before, of course, in Second uh, Timothy 4.22. The Lord be with your spirit. Why is this verse um, meaningful in what we just heard about the way the tabernacle was even constructed? Yes, Chris, this is a wonderful truth that Christ, who indwells us, is in our spirit. This means that this is the place, our human spirit is the place where we can experience him and enjoy him. And as Witness Lee pointed out, the ark is called the ark of the testimony. And this means that the very Christ who dwells in our spirit is God's testimony. He is God's expression. He is the one who expresses God and manifests God to us. I recall a verse in John chapter 1, verse 18. It says, No one has ever seen God. The only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. So the first thing we need to know about Christ, who dwells in our spirit, is that he is the very testimony of God. If we want to know God, we have to look at Christ, because he is the testimony. God is very interested in having an expression of himself in human beings, and Christ is that expression. That's wonderful. The ark was this testimony, not by virtue of the way it was built and all of the details, which we've seen, and they're quite marvelous because they all correlate to certain aspects of our experience, but because of the contents. This wasn't just an empty box. There was something within the box. But, of course, even the box itself is meaningful, as we'll see in this next section. But let me add this verse to um, to the dialogue, Bob, and then we'll, we'll see it picked up in uh, the coming portion. And, of course, all of these matters are covered in Exodus chapter 25 from 17 to 22. Verse 21 says, And you shall put the expiation cover upon the ark above it, and into the ark you shall put the testimony that I will give you. It's the contents that are in the ark that we want to focus on now. Here's Witness Lee once more. This standing matter is a box. It has the contents. And what is the contents? Now, here in this chapter, chapter 25, uh, Exodus, you only see that within this ark is the testimony of God. The photo, the picture, the portrait of God. That is the law. The law is within. The contents of Christ as the ark is what? The definition. The law of God. Now, you have to ask, of what nature is Christ? This Christ is of two natures. Firstly, it is golden, golden. And then, look into, also golden. Outside golden, inside golden, outside inside boats are golden. He is God. He is divine. Yet, if you have some kind of x-ray, you see, tell the gold, oh, wood is there. What is there? He is not only God, within him is man. Man is in him. So he is a God-man. 
And this ark is gold wood. It is golden wooden. This ark is gold wood. This is not just gold ark, nor just wood ark. It's gold wood ark. So we say Christ is a God-man. But, you know, the most inclusive part is this cover. I must tell you, this cover is just like in ancient time among the Jews and the Greeks, they built their houses. Eventually, they put a top stone as the roof, which is called the capstone. The propitiatory cover of the ark is what? Is the capstone. In other words, is the top part of Christ. The top part of Christ is this cover. You have to realize two cherubims at the two ends. Right? And they have wings, and their wings cover the entire space of the top of the ark. The cherubim are signs of God's glory. Where the cherubim are, there is God's glory. Now, you can see, this cover is a crown. Glory is here, and the blood is covering the golden cover. And you have the ring, you have the crown, and it is between these two cherubim. God meets with man. Could you see this? Meeting with man. And not only so, it is there God speaking to man. Bob, let's try to um, review this picture again because it's, all of these things are, are important. The ark we see is this two-part box uh, with the content. And part of that content which we heard about was what Witness Lee referred to as the portrait of God. Really, that's the law, the commandments that were given to Moses that were inside the box, inside the ark. Pick up this matter of the testimony. Yes, Chris. But why is the ark the ark of the testimony? Because the testimony is in the ark, and the testimony is the law written on the tablets of stones. These Ten Commandments... They not only give man commandments, but they reveal and they give man a portrait of God himself. Uh, In the New Testament, we read about the law of the spirit of life, a living law. A person is the law. So Christ could be God's testimony because in him there is God himself as a living law. This law made him the testimony of God. And this same law is now in all of us as believers. And the goal of this law, the law of life, is to transform us to be God's testimony. 
Okay, let's come back to the box now, the ark itself. Uh, and we've seen this throughout our entire examination of the whole tabernacle and how it was constructed with the boards and uh, and the rods and, and all of the features. But particularly here again, in the center, in the Holy of Holies, at the ark, we see the materials of the box itself. There were two elements, acacia wood overlaid with gold. But the cover of the ark, the uh, propitiatory cover, as it's called, or the cover of expiation, was made only of gold, with these cherubim representing God's glory. Maybe touch these two very quickly. You know, when you read the description of the ark, God commanded Moses to make the ark of acacia wood. So acacia wood, which represents Christ's strong humanity, high standard humanity, that is the base for Christ to be God's expression. Now, this wooden box was then overlaid inside and outside with gold. As we look at such a portrait, we can see that with Christ, God's divinity, which is represented by the gold, completely is mingled with Christ's humanity. The gold being on the outside, the gold being on the inside, means that there's gold everywhere. There's gold throughout. And so in the uplifted and high standard humanity of the Lord Jesus, which is the base for him to be God's expression, God in his divinity is fully saturated and mingled with this humanity. This produces a person, one person with two natures, divinity and humanity. Such a person can be God's testimony God's expression. Now you have the lid, which is solid gold, and the cherubim are on two ends of this lid or cover on the ark. The cherubim represent the glory of God, which is the expression of God. So actually, Christ expresses God because he is divine. If he were only wood or acacia wood or human, he could not be the expression of God. But he is God's expression because he's not only human but also divine. He has divinity, and that divinity is what enables him to be God's expression. All right, Bob, the point of all of this really is to bring us to what we're going to touch uh, in the third section. I need to read verse 22 of chapter 25 of Exodus, and I think it'll become clear where we're headed. And there, meaning the propitiatory cover, this cover of the ark, and there I will meet with you, and I will speak to you from above the expiation cover, from between the two cherubim, which are upon the ark of the testimony, of everything which I will give you in commandment, to the children of Israel. It's there, Bob, God meets with man. God is right there in between the two cherubim to meet with man. And within the holy of holies, not too much space. God meets man face to face. And God talks to man face to face and there that glory and in between the glory the blood is under his feet and he is in the midst of the glory that is the poetry of God meeting man all this is the totality of Christ Christ is not only like itself, Christ is also the top part, the cap, 
This is Christ. You all have heard the Christ is in your spirit. But have you ever realized the very Christ who is in spirit is such a one? This Christ is the ark. It's ten. As a testimony and a kind of container with the contents. And the contents is just God portrayed. God's law. God's description. And he has two natures. He is divine as well as human. He is human as well as divine. And he has a top part. My, it's hard to describe what a top part. Cherubim will never see such a thing. But the Bible tells us this is the thing related to God's glory. For these things, cherubim are, God's glory is there. And the blood. When you see the blood, you have to go back a little bit. Why the blood comes? So you have to go back the altar here. The sacrifice was slain here, and the blood was shed here. But this blood is brought into the Holy of Holies and sprinkled upon the ark. Firstly, after shedding of the blood, it was sprinkled there at the bottom of the altar. That was then to accomplish redemption. Okay, after the redemption or propitiation was then, then this redeeming blood, this propitiatory blood is brought into the Holy Holies and sprinkled upon this cover of the ark. Then, after the sprinkling of the blood there, God comes. God, the standing is the blood. God to meet you. The standing for him to meet you is that blood. And not only so, when he meets you, standing on that blood, he meets you in the midst of the shining glory. You have to see this. This is all Christ. This is the Christ that now is living in you. Well, Bob, I love this point. I wish we had more time. But here, obviously, as believers, how much appreciation we have for the blood as it was shed there in the Old Testament by type on the altar to accomplish our redemption, to satisfy God's righteousness related to our sins, and that secures our eternal destination with him. But how much have God's people through the ages, and ourselves included there, devalued the second aspect of the blood, that it was then carried from the altar to the innermost part, the Holy of Holies, where it's sprinkled on this propitiation cover. Because this is so significant, not just as an Old Testament type, but even there are some verses in the New Testament that make this matter even more clear, aren't there? That's right, Chris. In Romans chapter 3, we have two wonderful verses, verse 24 and verse 25. Verse 24 says, 
being justified freely by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. Now, this verse speaks about God justifying us because of Christ's redemption. Of course, redemption was accomplished at the altar. And all Christians believe that the redeeming blood, the blood shed by the Lord, is the redeeming blood. But then, verse 25 goes on and says, Whom, that refers to Christ Jesus, in verse 24, whom God set forth as a propitiation place through faith in his blood. Hmm. Here we have a reference to the cover on the ark. The propitiation place was the cover on the ark. This verse tells us that Christ himself is that cover. Now, this is a wonderful thing, that Christ is not only the sacrifice who was slain on the altar, but he's the cover on the ark. And as you mentioned, Chris, some of the blood that was shed by the sacrifice was brought into the Holy of Holies and sprinkled on the cover of the ark. This creates a situation in which God is fully able to accept us, and we are fully able to meet together with him. God doesn't meet us at the altar. He meets us in the Holy of Holies. That means he meets us in our spirit. Isn't this marvelous Mm. that we can meet with God in the deepest part because the blood of Jesus has been brought there and sprinkled there and there God is satisfied with this blood and we too should be satisfied with it. Bob, this is really the um, twofold salvation. There are hymns written about this. I, I can't help but think of the great old hymn talking about the blood. Be of sin, the double cure, saving, saving us from its guilt. That's at the altar and power. Really, that second aspect of saving us from its power is what takes place when we meet with God at this propitiation place, this propitiation cover, isn't it? That's right, Chris. And this is why the writer of the book of Hebrews in chapter four, he said to the Hebrew believers, come forward with boldness Mm. to the throne of grace. Then in chapter 10, he says, come forward with boldness to the Holy of Holies. So God's desire is that we not remain around the altar, merely enjoying Christ's redemption, but that we with boldness would come forward to meet with God in the holiest of all that is in our spirit, because the blood has been sprinkled there. We have the boldness. We can meet with God, and we can hear his speaking, and we can receive the impartation that he gives to us through his word. Well, I think we closed, Bob. If our appreciation of the blood is just what it has done for our sins, while that's wonderful, that's still deficient. We've not yet entered in. And that's the call there in Hebrews, that we would come forward boldly to the throne of grace, not just for forgiveness. We certainly have obtained that, but God has much, much more waiting for us if we'll be so bold. That's right, Chris. That's all the time we have for today, and uh, we'll just commit this to the Lord, and perhaps under his blessing, he'll take these uh, couple of fishes and fragments of loaves and find something to feed all the listeners with. Thanks so much for your help today. It's good to be with you again. Likewise, and thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. 
Brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, publisher and distributor of the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. If you'd like to contact us, just email radio at lsm.org or call us toll free at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Thanks for listening.